special treat today. As you guys uh, are aware of, I like to bring in uh, pastors, local pastors and ministers that I respect and that are doing a good work in their community, doing a good work in their churches or whatever ministry they're a part of. And I like to bring a different perspective because sometimes you'll hear from me or Pastor Will or uh, the leaders in the men home and you'll begin to think that some of the things that we do is, is, is teen challenge things. But I want you to know that it's not teen challenge things, it's kingdom things, <laughs> you know, and that uh, you can come from a different perspective, a different place, a different voice and hear that the message of the cross is all the same. And I bring, I believe it brings uh, fresh insight. And uh, I'm so appreciative of Pastor James Pinto. He is uh, the senior pastor of uh, Trinity Tabernacle in Gravesend, uh, which is here in Brooklyn. Uh, he's doing a great work. He's got a great family, beautiful wife with a growing family. And uh, I asked him to come and share a word. He's a, a strong supporter of Teen Challenge. He's also uh, a man that I've witnessed uh, get down in, the, down in, the, down in the, the dirt with with his people. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's ministering at a street level. If you understand what I'm saying, he's bringing people in that are in the worst situations and ministering the love of Jesus. He's even brought quite a few people here. Uh, even on holidays. He calls me on a holiday, and he's still doing the work, not turning people away, saying it's a holiday, I'm off, with a phone call saying I'll bring a guy in there right now if you'll take him. And I, and I appreciate it about this man, and I believe he's going to bring us a great word. Uh, Pastor James, come share with us. Bless you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Paul, so much for this opportunity. Uh, just so wonderful to be here this afternoon with the men and the ladies back there, amen, at Teen Challenge. Uh, I'm just so blessed by this ministry. It has a very uh, dear place in my heart. I'm not sure if Pastor Burke is aware, but I'll just share with you real quick. Back in the 1980s, my father had gotten saved in a ministry. And I'm connected to Teen Challenge because of that ministry, in which I'm going to share with you real quick right now. My father was an IV drug user from Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, originally from Mulberry Street in Little Italy. I uh, grew up in that whole madness, giving my father clean urine and methadone bottles. I used to stand outside with him in the methadone clinics right down here at Methodist Hospital. Lived in all of that craziness. And one day a ministry came from Los Angeles. And that ministry was birthed out of this building right here. Pastor Sonny Argonzoni was one of Pastor David Wilkerson and pa Pastor Don Wilkerson's first graduates. And Pastor David sent Pastor Sonny out to California. He started working with gangbangers, heroin addicts out there in L.A. And the first church that they sent out was in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. And my father, Jimmy Pinto, walked into that program 30 years on heroin, shooting cocaine. Of course, there's clean time in between. 19 years and 100 milligrams of methadone a day. And Jesus touched his life in that program. 
I'm so grateful that that all began right here in this building. See, God is able to touch our lives. Amen? And it was because one man heard the prayer, heard the call of God, and he responded, and years later, my father got saved. And here I am today. How many of you know this morning that you have sons, you have daughters, that because of what you're doing today, their life is going to be changed? Amen? Because you came to the Lord, because God called you, because you heard the call of God and responded, amen, to the call of God. How many heard it in the past that I'm not ready? Just me? Okay. <laughs> there are a few. Uh, I'm not ready. I'm too young. I have things to do yet. I still want to go out there. I, got, I have women I have to meet. I have things I want to accomplish. And what a stupid fool I was all those years, saying I'm not ready. God, I'm not ready. I saw the change in my father's life, and yet I still had to go out and do my own thing. But thank God for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Many of you men and women here today, you have served notice on the devil, amen, amen. that your life has been changed. And because your life has been changed, your children's lives are going to be changed, amen? amen? Pastor Burke alluded to my family. My wife, we're on our ninth child. Praise the Lord, amen? I'm grateful that those children are raised in the things of God, amen? Why? Because a curse was broken. Well, my father, Jimmy Pinto, amen, came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And today I want to talk to you about following the Lord Jesus. In Luke chapter 5, many of you will know the portion of text. Jesus comes and he sees a man by the name of Levi, who was Matthew the tax collector. And it says here in Matthew 5... Verse 27, and after these things, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to Levi, follow me. So he left all, rose up, and began to follow Jesus. And then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against Jesus' disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, amen, but sinners, amen, amen. to repentance. Why don't we just bow our heads a moment. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy today. And my God, we ask that you are moving our midst, that, Lord, you will be glorified. And my God, you would be exalted. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Here is Jesus, and he's walking through town, and it's amazing that the Bible says that Jesus sees a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. The first thing that it says to me this morning 
is how many of you know that Jesus saw him? Amen? Jesus saw him. This morning, I want you to know this. You're sitting here in Teen Challenge, amen? Because Jesus saw you. Because Jesus knew your need. Now, oftentimes, I know we say it, and I say it too, Lord, thank you I made the altar call. Lord, thank you that I responded that day. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, I heard the preacher and I got up out of my seat and I came to you. But how many of you know it was Jesus that was calling you this morning? It was Jesus that saw me. It was Jesus that saw you. You know, the Bible says God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? How many came to God? They were all cleaned up when they came. Amen. How many came with a problem? How many came with a need? How many came with an issue, a struggle, a circumstance in their life? And see, here is this man sitting at a tax office, and Jesus, I want you to see this, takes notice of him. I'm so grateful this morning that Jesus took notice of me. And I'm grateful this morning when I see men sitting out here this morning, women sitting out here today, that God took notice of you. It's amazing to be able to speak and have this opportunity because, I, you know, I'm having flashbacks right now. When I grew up, my father took the men's home. Eventually, it took him two years to graduate the nine-month program. He was a thick-headed guy, amen? And he got saved, and God made him the men's home director. And I was a young boy, 13, 14, 15. I would grow up in that home with them and see these men coming into the program, broken, busted, and disgusted, as my father used to say, and they couldn't be trusted, amen? amen. But God began to do a work in their life. And these guys were coming, I'm going back, the virus was in full effect, and guys would be coming in, and people would be just dying, you know, day after day, but God was doing a work, amen, and those that were in the program. And I got to see men grow up and become pastors, and men grow up and take churches, and, and men grow up and take cities for God. Why? Because God saw them, amen, and God called them to follow him. See, this morning, I want you to know that you're not just here just warming a seat, amen, as you know, but you're here because God has called you to follow him. And God is going to do something in and through your life. How many believe that this morning? See, our following God is in such a way that our lives are never going to be the same once we begin that process of following him. Here is Levi. He's sitting at the tax office. He's shaking down <clears throat> his own people. He's, he's robbing from his own people on behalf of the Roman government. He's taking advantage of his own, and yet Jesus sees something in that man. Jesus sees that this man is valuable to the kingdom of God. Beloved, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, where you're coming from this morning. God sees a value in your life. 
See, God saw this man. Where did he see him? He saw him at his place of sin. How many are grateful that God showed up at the place of sin? Amen? He showed up at the place of sin. He showed up and he met us where when we were in our darkness. Now, I used to do something at one point when I was getting into trouble. I used to have a crucifix in my house, smaller than this, and it had Jesus on the cross. I was raised Catholic. You know what I would do? This may sound funny or silly or, or, or doesn't make sense, but when I was up to no good in that apartment, I would get a towel and I would cover that crucifix. Why? Because I was hiding from God. But here's the good thing. How many of you know God still saw me though I covered that crucifix? Amen? The eyes of the Lord go to and fro upon the earth. And here's the thing. God saw me and he still wanted me. God saw you and he still wanted you this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm wrestling with something. Pastor, the enemy's reminding me of what I've done. Pastor, uh, something's coming up inside of me, a guilt or a condemnation. But here's the thing. He who began a good work in you, amen, will bring it to completion. God saw this man at the place of his sin. And yet here's what he says. He says, come and follow me. You know, the Bible says something interesting about tax collectors. Jesus speaks to us on a few occasions about them. One thing that comes to mind is at one point, Jesus sees two men praying. And one man is a Pharisee. And he's praying and he's looking up to heaven. He's thanking God for how good he is and all he does for God and what he does for God. And he actually looks over and sees a tax collector. And he says, God, thank you that I'm not like him. And the Bible says the tax collector is so low down, so contrite, so filled with remorse that he's not even able to lift his eyes to heaven. But he says, Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. You know what Jesus says? Who do you think went back home justified? It's the tax collector. See, God uses these stories to tell us and to show us, amen, that no matter where you and I have been, there is a merciful God who's calling us onto repentance. There's a tax collector at one time, the Bible says he climbs up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, today I must stay at your house. See, I'm so grateful that God doesn't mind rubbing shoulders, amen, with sinners this morning. We have a God that will meet us right where we're at. And here's what Jesus says, says, Matthew, come and follow me. And look what he does here. The Bible says this, he left all and began to follow Jesus. Amen. Here's where the rubber hits the road. Somebody say amen. 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 He left all and he began to follow Jesus. 
He left a lucrative business. How many know he was making money? He left all and he began to follow Jesus. And here's what Jesus says about himself. The foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Levi, are you willing to give that all up in order to follow me? Are you willing to lay that aside? Are you willing to give up this lucrative life in order to follow the master? Now, here's what you and I have done this morning. We've gave it up, amen? We've put it aside. We said, Lord, I'm going to begin to follow you. And here's this man, he lets it go, and he begins to follow Jesus. See, there was a call from God upon his life that when that time came, he knew it was time to follow the Master. And this morning, as I look out at men and women that are here, many of you have left things behind. Many of you have put things away from you. Many of you have said, it's time for me to let go of this and begin to follow Jesus. I see something's going to happen in this man's life because of his following the Christ. Something's going to happen in this man's life because he has decided to follow Jesus. Here's what the Bible says. Jesus turns to him and says, Follow me. And he left all, rose up, and began to follow Jesus. Now I'm sure many of you, like me, have gone through changes. How many have gone through changes, amen, since following Jesus? I used to look back sometimes and be struggling. Oh, I left my friends. I, I left everything. I left these women. I left money. I left these things, and it would be a hurting in my heart, it will be a struggle at times to follow the Lord. It will be a hardship at times in my life because I knew those things were sometimes calling me back. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? And all of a sudden I'd be wrestling in my mind, you know, you had money, you had women, you had this, but how many of you know I was on my way to hell? You had money, you had this, but how many of you know I had no peace? You had popularity, you had this, but how many of you know inside I was dying? Inside I was hurting. Inside there was a pain. Inside there was a struggle. And here this man puts it all down and he begins to follow Jesus. March 26, 1995, my father was preaching at a victory outreach in Newark, New Jersey. And there I was, just prior to that, I was living in Battery Park City. My friends and I were all making money. We were doing cash deals on Wall Street. The moment the people sent us the money, they were losers. The moment the money came in, the people lost everything. And I'm not boasting about that, but I want you to understand. We were making money. And I thought to myself, if I make money, I'll be happy in life. 
My father was an IV heroin addict. You come home, the TV's gone. You come home, your mother's shaking down for her money. There was no money. And I thought, if I make money, I'll find happiness. How many have bought into that lie? My friends and I all start making money. We get apartments in Battery Park City, and we think that we've arrived. And I'm drinking heavily, taking ecstasy all the time, going on just bad trips and bugging out. How many of you know one night I didn't come back from a bad trip? Began hearing things. Called my mother, Ma, I think I'm losing my mind. My mother came. Within a month, I lost about 30 pounds. Couldn't hold down a meal. Hearing things. Seeing psychiatrists. Thinking I'm going absolutely nuts. Amen. See, the devil, the Bible says, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Christ, amen, comes to give us life. All those things that should have made me happy were actually destroying my life. Those things that I thought were to bring me joy were actually killing me. The money couldn't help me. I began seeing a psychiatrist on Park Avenue in like 89th Street. And I just began to think that it was hopeless. One night coming back from that psychiatrist's office, I was in my friend's apartment, the first apartment when you come outside the tunnel, you look up. I stood out on that balcony that night. I didn't, wasn't standing on the balcony, but looking over the side and said to myself, you have nothing to live for. 22 years old. My mother's in the next room. I looked over the side of the building, contemplating throwing myself off. And as sure as I'm here this morning, something went like this to me. And I turned, and there was nothing there. How many of you know God interceded in my life? I walked back into that apartment, amen. My father was preaching a week or two later. I went to hear him preach, and I was the first one up at that altar that morning. What was I saying? I'm leaving that all behind and I'm following Jesus. I'm leaving that apartment. I'm leaving the women. I'm leaving the money. I'm leaving that all behind, and I'm going to begin to follow the master. And beloved, look at my life now, if I may boast in the Lord. Amen? Married, mentally stable, hallelujah, as far as I know. Thank you, Jesus. Nine children, pastoring a church. Amen? All because and for the glory of God. See, I laid that aside and I began to follow the master. My friends all wound up going to federal prison. Some of them are still going in and out of prison. But here we are this morning, amen? Why? Because we're following the master. Obedience, amen. See, here's this man. The Bible says he began to follow Jesus, and he left all, rose up, and he followed the master. And then the Bible goes on to say this, Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. See, what did Jesus see when he saw Levi? 
Others saw a cheat. Others saw a tax collector. Others saw a money-hungry man. But Jesus saw something in that man. And this morning, I want you to know this. Jesus sees something in you. Jesus sees something in you. Years ago, when I grew up, you know, I just remember like it's yesterday, one man took me by the collar and shook me because I did something to his son, you know, acting stupid when you're younger. And he said, you're not going to be anything but a junkie like your father. See, people may speak things over our lives and say things over our lives, but how many of you know Jesus has the final say? There may be some of you here this morning that have heard negative things, have been told negative things by even those that at times we thought loved us, but here Jesus sees something in this man. I'm just so grateful that Jesus sees beyond my sin. Amen. Jesus sees beyond what I was because Jesus sees me and you this morning as what he's called us to be. See, Jesus does this. He goes to the man's house, and I love that Jesus does this. He sits down, the Bible says, with other tax collectors, with other sinners, with others that are just like this man. How many of you have friends that were just like you? Amen. Have friends that, you know, you could say, you know what, Pastor, if God saved me, he can save them. I write to friends in prison sometimes, says, listen, Jesus did it for me, he can do it for you. See, Jesus can touch my life, he can touch your life. And that's the same thing for you this morning. Here, this man, the Bible says, began to have a party for Jesus in his own house. And the Bible says this, verse 29, and there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with Jesus. See, Levi, or Matthew the tax collector, beloved, was so touched by the call of Jesus on his life that he gave a big reception for Jesus. There was a heart of gratitude in his life. There was a heart of thanks. See, he knew that Jesus found him. He knew that Jesus called him, and he knew that Jesus accepted him. There may be some this morning that you're still struggling with that, but I want you to know that God has accepted you. The reason you're here this morning under this ministry is because God has accepted you. God has called you to himself. God is wooing you ever closer. And the Bible says that here he is, Jesus, sitting down with all these tax collectors and all these sinners. The dregs of society. The outcasts. The one who others gave up on, they found an audience with Jesus. Now, much like myself, many of you here today, others have given up on you. Others may have looked down on you. Others may have pushed you to the side, but Jesus 
desires an audience with you. Jesus not only desires an audience with you, Jesus desires to come and dine with you. Jesus not only desires an audience, Jesus wants to invite himself to your house. Amen? Jesus is willing, no matter what your history's been, no matter where you've been, to come and say, you know what? I want to come and hang out at 444 Clinton Avenue this morning. Amen. What a bunch of people that others may not have wanted to be with, but Jesus says he's willing to come. That warms my heart this morning. Amen. That here is Jesus. He says he's going to sit down with all these sinners. Having a meal with someone in those times was not like you and I today. You just sit down at a local place. It was a big deal to sit down with somebody. It meant that you're accepting them for who they are. You're breaking bread with them. You're, you're willing to receive them onto yourself. So here's what Jesus is saying when he sits down with this tax collector and with these sinners He's saying, I'm willing to welcome you to myself. And we have a God this morning that maybe some are new here to the program. You need to know that God is welcoming you to himself. God is calling you to himself. We read of Jesus dining with these sinners. And we read of Jesus fellowshipping with them. See, he, he was willing to be ostracized by the religious crowd. He, he was willing to hear them mock him and belittle him because he was willing to sit down with the outcasts. He was willing to put it out there, amen, to meet you and I at the place where we are this morning. Where are you today in which Jesus may be calling you to follow? Where are you this morning that maybe the Lord is saying, listen, it's time to let that down. It's time to put that aside. It's time to let it all go and begin to follow. Now, unlike yourselves, when I had gotten saved, I didn't go to a program. But it took me time with certain things. It took me time. I would go to Coney Island and still drink. Because I was depressed. But how many of you know there was a time when the Lord took that from me? There was a time I was still smoking cigarettes. And I wanted to give them up. And I was struggling. And I knew it wasn't right. I knew I was destroying myself. But one day God took them like that from me. I woke up and it's as if I never smoked a cigarette. I can't explain it to you unless you've been delivered. I knew I wanted to give it up. I knew I wanted to follow the Lord, and God released me from that. Maybe today God is saying, listen, it's time to let this down. It's time to put this aside. It's time to let go of this in order to grow in not following me this morning. Pastor Paul spoke about surrender. You know, I'm saved now 23 years. And in the beginning, I want to tell you right now, things were easier than they are now. 
Amen. Don't let me discourage anyone. <laughs> Cigarettes were nothing. Alcohol was nothing. Attitude, bitterness, anger, backbiting, jealousy. Those are the things now where God is still, amen. Compassion. Turn the other cheek. Being maligned and not ready to jump all over somebody. Amen. Those cigarettes were nothing. Hallelujah. When you begin to see, amen, those adjustments God wants to do in our life. Beloved, I'm still following this morning. Pastor Paul is still following this morning. The staff is still following this morning. Why? Because this journey is not going to end. Amen? Till we enter the realms of glory. Jesus is sitting down as we come to a close. He's sitting down with these sinners. He's sitting down with these tax collectors. Jesus, who's often called the friend of prostitutes and sinners. How do you know that wasn't an endearing term? They were mocking him. But yet here is Jesus sitting down with them. And the scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why? Do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. We all, beloved, have that same malady of the soul. It's sin this morning. That is the common malady that you and I have. And yet here's what Jesus does. He welcomes sinners to himself. He calls the unrighteous. Why? Because the well don't need a physician, but those who are sick. How many go to the doctor when they're feeling well? Doesn't your doctor yell at you? How come you haven't been here in three years? Well, I haven't been sick. Don't we have to go for a checkup, amen, at times? Maybe God this morning, amen, is calling us. Maybe God this morning is calling you. Maybe God this morning is speaking to you, hallelujah, to come and follow. To come and lay it down, amen. To come and put it aside. To come and... Forget who we were. How many remember there was always some guy tougher than you? Amen. We're all always tough right out there until you wake up on the floor. Anybody ever wake up like that? Forget the reputation. Forget who you were. Forget where you've been. Forget what you were doing. Forget all of that and lay it down at the feet of Jesus. Because here in this place, amen, God is doing something great in your life. Here in this place, God is doing something new. Here in this place, God is calling brothers and sisters to follow him because he wants to dine with you. 
Because he wants to spend time with you. Because he wants to speak to your heart this morning. They all began to complain. And Jesus says, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I'm grateful, amen, that he's come to call a sinner. I'm grateful, amen, that he came and stepped into my life. When I look back, I had nothing to offer Jesus. I had nothing to give him. I had nothing to say, God, you, you should take me. But yet God took my life. God did something with my life. And this morning, God is doing something with your life. This morning, there's no turning back. I mean, we sing that song, I, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Beloved, what are we going to turn back to? Where, where are we going to go? Where are we going ahead? What are we going to take one more chance? See, we're on the road, amen, following the master. And here this man, the Bible says, left all, began to follow Jesus, and God began to do something in his life. Jesus makes him an apostle. Jesus sends him out. Jesus empowers him. Jesus does something with his life. Beloved, with every head bowed here today, I know you've began that process. I know you're already on the road to following Jesus. But maybe I'm speaking to somebody this morning that says, Pastor, I was ready to walk out the door. Pastor, I was ready to turn away. Pastor, I was ready to say, you know what, I, I can't do it anymore. But today, God is calling you ever deeper. Jesus desires to dine with you today. If that's you this morning, say, Pastor, I, I just need you to pray with me. Pastor, there's a struggle. Pastor, there's a burden. Pastor, the enemy's lying to me. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to do this. Just lift that hand before the Lord this morning. I want to pray with you. Amen. Pastor, I need the Lord. Amen. To intervene this morning in my life. If that's you, don't be ashamed. I made hundreds of altar calls probably after getting saved. Different struggles, different burdens, different setbacks, different times. I, I, I blew it. But here I am this morning. Amen. Because God is faithful this morning. As our worship team plays this morning, if that's you, you raise that hand. Would you come and make your way here this morning that I can pray with you? Would you come out of that seat that I can lay hands on you this morning? Amen. Pastor Paul will join me.